guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. Today, we're getting into lesson number three, episode 20, minding your own business. I thought this was very, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. I heard this on so many different occasions, probably about five times on the audiobook on YouTube. So now I'm going to speak about it. Back in 1974, Ray Kroc, he's the founder of McDonald's. He was asked to speak in an MBA class at the University of Texas, okay? And Robert Kiyosaki at the time, one of his friends, was in that MBA class. And after a powerful talk, the class ended up, you know, asking him some questions. And, you know, Ray was like, okay, hey, let's let's go to a hangout place after class. I'm all good. You guys can ask me questions, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And so Ray, at that time, when he was at this hangout place with these students... He asked the students a question. He said, what business am I in? Everyone laughed, right? And he, they thought, oh, Ray was just fooling around. He, we already know what business he's in. But he said, no, what business do you think I'm in? The students laughed again. And finally, one said, hey, you know what, Ray? Everyone knows that you're in the hamburger business. Ray laughed. And he said, I thought that's what you would say. And he said, I'm not in the hamburger business. My business is real estate. And so, after this, his friend told him the story about Ray and everything. And in his business plan, Ray knew that the primary business and the focus was to sell hamburger franchises. But he never lost sight of what, of, or, or, of what that location of each franchise was. Let me, let me say that one more time. He never lost sight of where the location was. He knew that the land and its location were the most significant factors in the success of each franchise. Today, obviously, McDonald's is the largest single owner of real estate in the world. We already know that. But owning even more than Catholic churches. See, McDonald's owns some of the most valuable intersections and street corners in all of America. Think about it right now. If you put a McDonald's in the middle of nowhere, do you think that would get a lot of people? It all depends. It all depends. Because when you say in the middle of nowhere, it reminds me of me taking those ridiculous ass hikes up past uh, a place called Rongsit, a disgusted place in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, or well, just outside of Bangkok, Thailand. But this nasty place, and you go up this road, it's all industrial estate. But to the left, I would see a KFC, a KFC that they had just built. Just sitting right there in the middle of nowhere. Did it have any people just running in there over and over? No. However, Starbucks did. Starbucks wasn't placed in the middle of nowhere, though, between, like, two massive juggernaut universities. You got one university called Bangkok University, the other one called Thomasite University. KFC is right between the two of them, so how is that going to attract anyone from those respective universities? However, Starbucks and Burger King placed themselves right in the front of Thomasat University. They know that Thomasat University, and for you to go to Thomasat, you don't have to have a ridiculous amount of money, but you do need to be smart about money to get there. You need to be smart academically to get there. And the majority of those students, yes, they go to that Starbucks, and that Starbucks is a gold mine. I want you guys to think about this. Starbucks, perfectly placed in every airport around the world. Am I lying? You got Starbucks at Malaysia, uh, what is it, Kuala Lumpur, K-L-I-A 1 and 2, 
okay? You have Starbucks at Changi, obviously, International Airport. Not only one, you probably have five in each of the four indivi uh, individual uh, terminals that they have, including the fit that will be coming out. Starbucks, is there one, is there a Starbucks at Bangkok Airport? Oh my god, I can't remember. Yeah, Thailand's just on that really low-class bullshit. Ah, but you know, Narita Airport, I'm sure they have Starbucks. What was the airport that I was flying out of just recently? It was a really nice one. What was that? I was I was writing on the MacBook. I was in the Starbucks because I had bought some food. Oh my god, I forgot where I was. But yes, there's a Starbucks over there at Depensa Valley International Airport. Of course, out there in Kingsford and Tula Marine, both in Sydney and Melbourne, Australia. They're perfectly placed in their gold mines, as well as McDonald's. McDonald's is everywhere. Everywhere. Because they know, hey, if you're traveling, and you're traveling, let's say, in the Middle East, and you're not uh, familiar with the food... You're always going to go back to something that you're familiar with, right? And boom, the moment you see a McDonald's, you're like, oh, you can't go wrong with the McDonald's. Meat has to take, taste like meat everywhere. And so there it is. That's what he was saying. He's not in the hamburger business. He's in the real estate business. He knows that the importance of perfectly placing these McDonald's is absolutely vital. Another one that I, I find very, very interesting, and of course, these are the richest... Fools out here in Thailand, the top 10. One owns 7-Eleven. The other one owns Family Mart. Family Mart is kind of like 7-Eleven, although they have different things than what 7-Eleven has. One's one is owned by Central Group, and the other one is owned by another juggernaut called CP. Now, CP is one that my friend had used to work with. Well, not anymore, friend. <laughs> but both of those monster billionaires, okay, they own the 7-Eleven franchises, and they own the Family Mart franchises. Not only that, but Starbucks was bought by Tai Bev, who is the number one richest person here in Thailand, unofficially. Obviously, we know that the government and the higher-ups of this country, they're far more richer, right? But I'm just telling you, by based on, let's just say, I hate to say it, but net worth, as they say. Although we cannot really, you know, put a number on net worth. But guys... Those 7-Elevens, they know that it's very easy, it's very convenient, and it has everything. They know that people will pour in there to buy it. They have, I think Thailand has the number one most 7-Elevens in the country in the world. If I'm not mistaken, they got about 10,000. There's a 7-Eleven everywhere. I could walk down the street over here. I could go up the street over there just a little bit. This is 7-Eleven. If I go down the street, there aren't many. But Family Mart has taken over this little area also. Guys, there is a 7-Eleven literally every probably 200 to 400 meters, I kid you not. And guess what? They're all cash cows. So, again, I think it is fascinating to know that, hey, you know what? If we place this here, you know, do you think we're going to attract different people? I'm going to give you one more example. Condominiums. Now, that could be considered... Honestly, I think that's a ridiculous liability right now, given the fact that there is a condo boom that is happening right now. That condo boom, there are condos literally like right over one of these main roads to get out of Bangkok that I'm looking at just outside of my window, just over the train line on the other side of this little, I would call, you know, somewhat of a semi-highway. I see two big, massive 
what do you call those things? Oh my God, I completely forgot the English vocab for it. Uh, uh, brain fart, forgot about it. But they're orange, right? I would call, not a contractor, but one of those, you know what I'm saying? They build shit, okay? Just over there, they're building a condo. Not only that, but from this station where I'm at, two more stations that cover probably about, I would say 1.5 to no more than 2.5 kilometers. We're talking one to two miles. Within those one to two miles, there are seven condominiums under construction. No bullshit. Just over there where they just opened up the two, the double trail, uh, trail, uh, what is it? The double, oh my God, the double train line, which I'm looking at just over here. Another two kilometers just over this massive bridge. Again, three condos are going up in that area. There's a boom. There's a boom that's happening. For every new train line and for every new station, there are probably between two to five different condominiums going up. So what's going to happen? There are going to be too many. Now, I don't know who the developers are that buy the piece of land, but again, what they're doing is they're buying, there's just, there are just too many. And what's going to happen, the price of these condominiums will fall flat. If you sell them, okay, let's sell in most condominiums, man, you could buy a condominium for a good 30,000 to 40,000 US out here. And guess what? The condominium, condominium that you could buy for that amount here would be. Upwards to like seven hundred and fifty U uh seven hundred and fifty thousand US out there in America. Like these condos are ridiculously beautiful. Now the condos that are one million US out here are the most gorgeous, beautiful, ultra luxurious condos in on the face of the planet. All you have to do is go on Google and type in Ashton. A-S-H-T-O-N. Ashton Bangkok. Check out those condos and your mouths will water like there's no tomorrow. And they're still reasonably priced, but those only target a certain demographic of people. Now, the majority of condos, they're not so much affordable because if you think about it, if a simple, a regular tie makes between 500 to 1,000 US dollars a, uh, a month, they're only going to clear possibly between 6,000 to 12,000 in a year. So if we look at condos being upwards between forty to sixty thousand U.S. dollars, it would take them an additional maybe ten years to even have that type of money to put down for a condo. Some people would say, "Oh, you could take out a bank loan." Again, that's a liability. And then when the prices completely fall flat or they go up, what about the maintenance fees and everything? These are all things to consider. A huge boom is happening right now. There are condos everywhere. Hell, the condo I'm paying for, I'm paying $66 more than what I should be paying because I just went downstairs and I realized that I could get the same unit for $66 less. Why do you think that is? And you know what's crazy as hell about it? This is so unbelievably, it's so perfectly situated because right when I leave the gate of my condo, I go right up the steps, right to the train. So, again... These are just things that I'm telling you. So I'm going to get back into this last little piece right here, and then I'm going to let you guys go. So remember what I told you guys already about the diagrams and illustrating, you know, where do people put themselves in terms of money? They, well, we first have a tendency of working for the owners of the company to make them rich. Then through the government taxes, and finally everything goes back to the liabilities. So Robert Kiyosaki mentioned, he said when he was a young boy, didn't have a McDonald's nearby. Yet his rich dad was responsible for teaching both him and Mike the same lesson that Ray Kroc talked about at the University of Texas. 
It's a secret number three of the rich. That secret is mind your own business. Financial struggle is often directly the result of people working all their lives for someone else. Oh, shit. I'm going to say that one more time. Financial struggle is often directly the result of people working all their lives for someone else. Oh, my Jesus Christ. See, many people will simply have nothing at the end of their working days to show for their efforts. Amazing. See, it's because our current educational system focuses on preparing today's youth to get good jobs by developing by developing bullshit ass scholastic skills. Bullshit ass scholastic skills. I don't give a fuck about you. Your biology, your chemistry, your physics, your this. Hey, we do need doctors. Thank you, doctors. Thank you, nurses. Fuck you, lawyers. I'm just trying to point out that it doesn't focus on the core genius of individuals. See, our entire lives will revolve around wages. Income column. Some of us are going to study further. Hey, engineers, scientists, uh, cooks, police, police officers, artists, writers. You don't even need to fucking go to school to become a writer. Hell, I write blogs all the time. I write stories and people love that. They love it. I don't need to go to journalism school and fork over $40,000 to fuck all Uncle Sam. No fucking way. See, these professional skills that I just mentioned, the artists, the writers, all that stuff, it's going to allow them to enter the workforce and work for money. Wow. Guys, I'm telling you, man, this shit that I'm putting out right now, this is pure genius. This is why it's so important. I'm going to get, I'm going to top this, I'm going to top this podcast off with this last little bit. For some reason, man, I said, you know what? Index, index funds. I typed that in after watching the big short, after doing an ESL podcast that's going to be debuting in about two weeks time about the great financial crisis of 2008. And I'm looking at all these graphs, man. I could tell you right now. You know what? If I pull it up right now, I'll be able to show you guys. Well, no, but not so much show you guys, but give you visual imagery. I'm looking at this screen right now. It says IQ option. At the top, it says Aussie dollar binary, euro binary, euro binary, Aussie dollar, USD, GP, you name it. It says practice amount. I could practice, right? I see a line in the middle of the screen. It goes from left to right. It says lower 63% in the red, higher 37%. It says 30 days, one day, three hours, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, two minutes. To the right, it says plus 76 profit, higher, lower. On the left, it says total portfolio, uh, portfolio, trading history, chats and support, market analysis, video tutorials. Create account, select an asset you like, confirm your email, deposit. Guys, I'm getting into these index funds. No more excuses. I believe that I have the opportunity to dive deep into all of this, and you guys do too. It's funny, I don't even know what this hell this, this stuff is. It just says iqoption.com slash trader room slash asset slash binary slash. But it looks a little bit like Forex trading, and you will never be able to find a real Forex trader online. Well, you might be speaking to one soon. I'm diving into this stuff. Arsenio, are you going to start trading? Fuck it. Hey, let, let me just practice right now. I got a practice amount of 10,000 US dollars I can just fuck around with. I'm not trading with my money. I'm trading with just free money to see what happens. And so, guys, there's a lot that's happening. No more scholastics. Fuck that. It's about skill sets. Because guess what? If I figure this out, 
I could just end up creating something on Udemy. The guide to Forex trading or the guide to making money online or the guide to making money through index funds. See what I mean? I just created an asset that will create royalties for me. This is the type of thinking that I'm at right now. And you guys have the ability to do that too. So stay tuned for more. We're going to be getting back into Mind Your Business. I'm your host as always. Over and out.